Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Underground Treehouse podcast, a podcast that discusses and reviews music of all genres. Isaac, you're back. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Do the honors for this one. Oh, well, thank you, Ruben. Thank you for teeing me up. Yeah. Uh, as you guys are well aware, I was off uh, last podcast. My apologies, but I'm back and better than ever. <laughs> they gave me the luxury, the infamy, and the honor of introducing these fine gentlemen. So I will do so. So, as always, we have my man to my left, Ruben, the man who can moonwalk with still toe boots on. Introduce yourself. Hey, yo. I've never had to introduce myself, so I don't know what to say. But. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Hey, yo. Man. What up? Hey. <laughs> to my right, I have the man who will last a million minutes by that creek. It's my boy, Keenan. Oh, what up? And then across from me, the only one who could fuck your bitch tsunami style. It's Marcos. That's not true, but I, <laughs> I'm a virgin dog. <laughs> Real bass shit. He's a virgin. Real bass shit. shit. Straight edge, baby. He's hell What's straight up? edge. <laughs> straight edge, baby. This week, we are reviewing 19 Masters by an artist that goes by the name of Saya Gray. She is a very, very talented multi-instrumentalist, and this is her album debut. But before we get into that and before we get into her, we are going to start off with our beer recommendations and our music recommendations. Um, I guess I'll go first just because it's my album. Just real quick. I will go with the song by Sia Gray. It's called Shallow. It's such a fucking good song. It didn't make it on this album, unfortunately. She released this about two years ago. And really all I could say about it is check her out because we're about to gush over this album. Or I shouldn't say we, but I, I certainly am. So because of that, I, I want to give music that's not on this album some love. So check that out. Shallow, Sia Gray, check it out. So my recommendation for this week is the artist Alex. It's uh, A-L-I-C-K-S. It's um, an ambient garage music producer from Virginia. And uh, this person's been, um, he just released two uh, two albums actually back to back. One in uh, late July and just one uh, on August 1st. Two hours each. This dude released. Jesus Christ. I think it was like 30 tracks each. It's called the Sojuda Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, so... After listening to Saya, this really, this was like perfect timing for me. This album was just dropped. So. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, very am, very I'm ambient. Just I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm just he has, joking. He has some dance songs. Um, very nice. Uh, check it out, Alex Sojuda Volume One and Volume Two. Usually, usually records like that are fucking amazing for road trips or for the gym. So, I'll take a listen to it. Oh, bro, these will put you to sleep. Just uh, yeah. I have a small little small little band that goes hard as fuck called Price of Life. So we saw them in concert last night at yes, the sir. Moonlight Lounge. Let's go. They're a local hardcore band. They go fucking nuts. Price of Life. They have a, a EP that just dropped. The games we play, it goes nuts. You catch them on Spotify and Apple Music. But the Price of Life, man. <laughs> on top of that, if you're really listening to them, listen to uh, Mishap too, another local hardcore band. So, shout out Mishap. Yeah, shout out Mishap and uh, the Price of life you guys 
go hard. So my recommendation of the week is going to be an artist who I find very similar to Sia Gray. Um, it's going to be the artist, the Toronto-based producer slash multi-instrumentalist uh, River Tiber. Um, oh, you know about River Tiber? You put me on. Oh, okay, cool. I don't even remember. <laughs> really solid discography from front to back, but if I had to choose anything in specific, it would be his album Indigo. Um, they're very similar in the sense that they they make a lot of use of like ambient, ambient noise, you know, very layered vocals, very textured, very surreal. Um, standout tracks on this one is Acid Test. Acid Test is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, no Talk is a great one. He has a song called West with Daniel Caesar. That's really freaking good. Uh, I'm a stone. It's really a, a solid project front to back. So, yeah, again, Indigo by River Tiber. I'm sure I'm going to be making a couple uh, a couple references to him during this review. But, yeah. Do you think he ever linked up with Saya, both being Canadian? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good connection. Maybe, maybe. Mm. They're, I definitely consider them within the same realm of genre or same realm of yeah. music. So I wouldn't be surprised. And they have the connection between Daniel Caesar. So what? Who knows? Today we are drinking Santa <laughs> Fazy, baby. Fazy. Fazy. No one say it like that. It's just Santa Fe. Well, no, it's it says it's, Santa Fazy. It says oh. Santa Fazy on it. Hey. Hey, this man Boo this trying man. to cook me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the L. I'll take the L. I'll take the L. I'm not gonna lie. My bad. I thought you were trying to be a uh, uh, clever, but I'll take the L. It actually does say that. <laughs> That's actually really clever, actually. Uh, Oh, That's but when I said it, it was fucking dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. For sure, for sure. For sure. That's literally. Okay, for that was sure, the point sure. I was trying to make so you caught it. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Uh, <laughs> just reading off the can here, like your IPA juicy? Well, you know, that's just like your opinion, man. Shout out Big Lebowski. Oh, yep. Sometimes we do Where's too. The money? That's why we have. That's why we unharshed this hazy. And made it an easy drinking and refreshing mellow IPA with hints of tropical fruit and a juicy finish. I, I would think that's actually pretty spot on to how this tastes. Yeah, and I'll kind of like that. the feel of it. Like I don't know. It's, to me, I think it's pretty refreshing. What do you guys? Yeah, think? it's pretty fruity mm-hmm. too. No. Yeah, it's very light. It reminds me of I had never tried this shit before, but I had taken a trip to Portland a couple of years ago, and they had this beer on tap in some random little like restaurant that I had gone to, and it was a nitro a nitrogen IPA. And uh, I was what? like, that's like a double negative. How the fuck does that work? And I drank it, and it was delicious. And this is actually very similar to it. It's You get that real hoppy taste without it being super harsh. It's very, very easy drinking for it, you know, despite it being a hazy IPA. Right, right. Shout out Santa Fe, man. It's a delicious beer. 100%. Shout out Santa Fe. 100%. Shout out Shout Green out. Jeans. Shout out Green Jeans. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So, 19 Masters, Sia Gray. Her debut album. Fucking holy shit. What a way to start your career. Jesus Christ. Um, I picked this album because I saw this video. So I'm subscribed to this YouTube channel called Colors, right? Colors pretty much has like a bunch of different artists on there. And they essentially allow the artist to perform a song of theirs live. And they just have everything about it is just like super clean super polished the instrumentals the production on all of their videos is like just you know cranked up to 11 essentially you know not like overblown but just everything on there is super fucking clean well with that being said saya had a video on there off of this album as a matter of fact um 
pap test and i was like oh okay well let me check this out clicked on it fell in love and the rest was really history like i've actually as a matter of fact shouted out one of the singles from this album before i knew she even dropped as one of your recommendations as one of my recommendations so with that being said like i i've loved her ever since they dropped on colors you know what i mean and that 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 was really my reasoning for this is that i've never heard an artist like this and i've just wanted to give her her flowers essentially she deserves you know for people to talk about her you know what i mean i haven't seen big reviewers talk about her i haven't, I haven't seen a fantano review i haven't seen you know this that and the third about her you know what i mean i mean i've seen you know online you know written stuff you know like i've seen a pitchfork review you know you know so on and so forth but mm-hmm. I, I just really I just really wanted to give this woman a spotlight because I really think that the music that she made deserves the attention. Let's get into it. Who would like to open up and start any sort of discussion or anything like that? I mean, there's so many places we could start from, so mm-hmm. we can really go wherever you guys feel like. So I think a good foundation to build on, as far as the review goes, tell me if I'm wrong, is the fucking length of the album. 19 tracks at 51 minutes yes this shit is long as fuck like when you when you recommended this and i saw the track listing i was like dude there's albums that even we've reviewed that are like 12 tracks long and i'm like this is too long i saw 19 (laughs) tracks and i was like dude how the fuck am i gonna get through this like was anybody else questioning that i saw 19 and i was like dreading it (laughs) especially for a debut album bro i know you're trying to make like a like a staple but 19 tracks or a statement 19 tracks for an album is ridiculous man like there's some tracks that you could have definitely taken out Mm -hmm. for sure made it at least less than 15 or 15 or 19 no you could have made it 15 or less oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah um but i the yeah 52 tracks that's like you know a senior album dude like come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah no yeah i mean i i agree too because that's actually one of my um that's one of the things i don't like about this album I feel like a lot of these songs were stretched out. Um, literally, the opening track is what three seconds, and it's literally just like a woman saying something. Yeah. Like, and she counted it as a track that could have easily just been a part of the second song. An intro. Yeah. Yeah, it, but there's a meaning behind the whole 19 tracks, which we'll 100%. get into. And 100%. so, like, there's a whole meaning to it. So because of that, I get it. But at the same time, I'm with you guys. Like. It's just too stretched out. It's just right. that's yeah. ridiculous. In your guys' opinion, do you think that the 19 tracks kind of like sh- overshadows a lot of the better tracks, a lot of your favorite tracks? As in like everything's too muddied? Yeah. Me personally, no. I actually, I saw the 19 tracks as a negative at first. And I think objectively, you could probably see it as, an, as a negative, you know, as you said, Keenan, that it, it just stretches out for too long and you, Marcos. Um, but to me... And this is something we'll segue into. I think the sound, you know, there, there's just such, there's such a like array of sounds on this, you know. And I think, uh, not to get too deep into it, but you know, it builds a foundation and then it kind of branches off from that, you know. So while it stays original, it also, you know, ventures off and does things very unique. And I think that helps fill the 19 tracks. And it also helps that like more than half the tracks are like fucking less than two minutes. So you I know was what literally I mean? about to say that like. Yes, it is, you know, you know, 90 tracks and, you know, 50 some minutes or whatever. But for my opinion and, and, and really so not just my opinion, but my musical taste, 
I, I never really felt that this album dragged longer than it should. Maybe certain songs dragged, but as a whole cohesive unit, I it, the only reason why I didn't feel like it dragged because everything seemed linked. The reason why it seemed linked is because, I don't know about you guys, but I think this album has one of the best, highest percentage rates of songs transitioning into other songs. So often do you hear a, the ending of a song flow beautifully into the next song on a bunch of different tracks whether it's they're using the same sounds from the next song or they're using the same sort of vibe from the next song or they're even using the sort of same instrument from the next song the flow of this album was so smooth to me that it it, it didn't feel long like a 19 track 50 minute album would usually feel but that's again mostly credited to the way she structured the album and the way that it flowed yeah well i 100 percent agree i mean that's you know i i think the best way to describe this album is to describe the sound of the album is splintered like so the way i imagine it you know is you have this bass right and the bass to pretty much every song is you know real beautiful harmonies ambient sounds put in the back and acoustic guitar right that's basically the formula to every song but the reason why I call it splintered is because every single song branches off and adds its own little twist to it, you know? Um, What's that tropical song towards the end? <laughs> uh, palm? Palm? Uh, oh. Uh, little Palm? Little, little palm? palm, yeah. Yeah. Brings, brings in that tropical uh, atmosphere. It definitely gave me, like, Hawaiian vibes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. That's a perfect example. You know, the base of it, it has the real nice harmonies. It has the acoustic guitar. But that song... And the very second song, and add in that like real twangy like guitar lick in it, um, you know. And then you Almost take country esque. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's either it country like, or tropical, depending yeah. on how you view it. Yeah, and then you also have another song, um, "Too Loud," which takes that same structure and stretches it out for seven minutes, and then adds in like a small section of you know silence for a minute, a minute and a half. You know, like every song just did something new and and unique, you know, I guess that would be a hot take for me was because in the moment after listening to this album for the first time, I did not like the foundation to it. So that's mostly like why I'm going to be disagreeing with you guys was because um, the foundation, first of all, is just something that I couldn't really get comfortable with and I didn't really like. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had to force myself to listen to this album because it's your pick and we're reviewing it but <laughs> okay you're like because i had to <laughs> yeah but, well, I but had what to. about it didn't you like or it was just, not it was even it, about like what about it didn't the you foundation like? of it was just yeah. like really like it's too calm like it's just you know like so um, it's not your style not my style it's just not my That's style fair. That's and fair. it's a good album like i 100 percent agree with what you guys said so far like it flows beautifully I 100% agree with what you said. So far, I think it's the best album that does the transitions perfectly. Mm -hmm. 100%. I give credit to that. But it's just not my style to the point where I could listen to a 52-minute album where it's just the foundation is just calm. I can see that, though, because, I mean, but also I can see, like, what Ruben said, because in each song, you're getting something new. And so, like, it kind of does keep you entertained and, like, you're wanting more because you're like, what am I going to get? Even if it is two minutes of silence which I absolutely hate because, again, you just drag that song on. <laughs> that is true. Like, that oh, is very come annoying. Come on. But, I mean, we hear everything from, you know, 
jazz sounding. We hear we get saxophones. We get horns. I think we get a. Do we get a harp in one of the songs? I, Those high pitched. Static. Things? You get literally static. Oh, you got the glitches. <laughs> yeah, you got glitches. What's that like yeah. Japanese like string instrument? Oh, yeah. I I have a ukulele in there too. I I, I heard a ukulele. <laughs> There's 100 percent ukulele. Has somewhere. to be right. There has to be. I don't. I can't think of the song though because um I even put in my notes. I was like, is that a harp? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, no. I think literally. it's in one of the interludes. So, so just to piggyback off what you said really quick, you're 100 percent right. Uh, every track has a different little sense to it. That's why I said the foundation to it, the uh, the original sound to it is what got boring to me. Not the extra instrumentals and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it would catch my ear like that. Ukulele, the glitches, the all the experimental stuff, the jazz, like it caught my attention. But that's why I'm saying the foundation is the one that I got too repetitive for me. Where it's just like okay, not to jump ahead, but like my top tracks are all like same sounding. Because that acoustic guitar that you get on almost every track in this it's album. It's every track. I'm pretty sure it's every it's track. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. I was invested because I was excited to hear because like each track was something new. And I was like, what are we going to get now? So, you know, on the first listen, I think it, it's definitely something you have to kind of sit with and, you know, kind of digest a little bit. Um, not saying that you didn't, but I, I think on the. <laughs> okay, well. All right, GG's then. But like when you first listen to it, I think it's like <laughs> breathe, shorty, breathe. Um, no, when you first listen to it, you know I I get what you're saying. Where yeah. everything is like, okay, more acoustic, more you know of the same kind of melodies, more more slower production, like you know, right. It, yeah. So I could see how that's samey, but. You know, I texted you guys this shit, and I still think, you know, after multiple listens, this album still gives me the same type of feeling. Like, this shit, it's the same feeling you get when you wake up from a nap or from a deep sleep, and you're half awake, but you're still dreaming in your head. Like, something like something sounds familiar, you know, so the acoustic guitars sound familiar, and you're still kind of dreamy, so, like, it sounds somewhat serene, but then there's also this weird, like glitchy kind of like confusion added to it you know like rent like things aren't making full sense to you and that's that's basically how this album feels to me like like some of the creative directions just don't make sense but it it sounds so dreamy and so surreal it's like it's that same feeling of waking up what was that video of that kid who took too much uh uh, he took too much of David life. at the dentist. Yeah, what did he say? He's like, "Is this real life?" Yeah, is that what he said? Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. That's exactly how I felt too. It is really hazy. It is really hypnotic, and it is really familiar and different at the same time. So you were saying like how the like the acoustic sounds, you know, were all the same. I I I okay. So I get what you're saying, but also I disagree because you're right. The I guess the structure of it is the same, but like in so many of the tracks, it almost felt like the, the strings on different songs, like conveyed different emotions. Sometimes the strings sounded raw as fuck. Like she's playing that shit with her fucking fingernails. No pick. You could just feel it. You could feel the, the flesh of her fingertips touching the metal fucking strings whatever and then on other ones it sounds super produced super clean super compressed super you know 
perfect and and that gives its own like sanitary feel like that like that like alien quality you know that dreamy quality and then other times it sounds grandiose it sounds out of this world gargantuan you know what i mean like titanic like the simple instrument of an acoustic guitar she changes that sound that frequency that vibe on so many of the songs that even though it is the same sort of, you know, like you said, structure or formula, even those songs sound different to me because of the feelings that I get from that acoustic guitar, if that makes sense. No, it makes 100% sense because... You I, know what I'm saying? Because like, I wasn't complaining about the, the acoustic guitar. No, no, because, no, 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 but I'm saying like if the, if, if the acoustic guitar is the foundation, it is part of, is one of the keystones of the foundation of, you know, this whole album, I, I think that it's one of the more no. versatile keys. So I was going to say, the production is what is the foundation. The guitar, you could argue that, because based off what you said, same with her singing, because I get I get that same feeling based off her singing. Her singing mm -hmm. is crazy yeah. different her singing, on so many exactly. of these tracks. I get that yeah. same feeling off her singing, too. So I'm taking the guitar out of it, even though it is on every fucking song. I don't think the guitar, based, based off how she's playing it, is a part of the foundation. The foundation is just the production of it, literally just the fucking um the sound engineering. So the acoustic, I completely uh, agree with you. It's there's a there's some guitar solos out here that go that go nuts. Oh yeah, there's a bassist. There's oh, a dude, bass, that bass solo. That, that bass solo is really fucking good. That go that goes nuts. Bass solo so, at the end of Pap Test. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's leeches on my thesis. Um, okay, let, let me let is. me double check. Yeah, 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 it's leeches on my thesis. Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's leeches on my on my thesis. It's towards the end of the of the album, so it sounds like it is uh, that song. But yeah, like it's raw as fuck, man. So super raw, super raw and funky as hell, yeah. bro. I can totally see why Daniel Caesar worked with works with her because she is just okay. Something that I didn't say at the top of this album, and uh, forgive me for not, but she actually produced did almost all of the instruments sung did every she essentially did this whole album by herself the only other additions was her dad played trumpets on like one or two tracks and her brother played drums on like one or two tracks like like essentially this is a completely self-made album and holy shit bro and we got a haji beats feature what? Is that the only other than like other spoken than her parents other yeah. than her family members? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Other than spoken interludes. Yeah. That's the only like musical. I would agree. Yes. It's Haji it Beats. It's basically, you know, no one. So what? I can't do oh, that in my boy. Bro. I love Haji. I love Haji. You're I'm lucky it's not like 2011, bro. Yeah, Our future a... fans would be fucking yeah. canceling it's, it's us. It's a joke. I love Haji Beats, bro. Chill. <laughs> yeah. If you guys don't mind, can we just. Can we just talk about that real quick? Yeah, because talk, well, yeah, it's well, the only feature. What track the... are we talking about? So Haji is featured on uh, SHT uh, in parentheses Silent Hot Tears slash Sen Hot Tempura. Um, man, Haji has a great. So this is the thing: is you know Haji has always kind of had a decent pen game, you know, and he's always had like a real poetic kind of sound to it, you know. I mean, if you if you grew up on the Odd Future fucking sandwiches, goblin type shit, yeah, you probably didn't hear it. But, you know, he's had mixtapes, you know, where he's actually given really introspective 
type of bars, you know. And this, I mean, obviously he's a lot older, but man, he gives an amazing feature on this. Tot- totally works in the theme of the album, which is essentially the look into a relationship. Yeah. The the uh, not even necessarily the happy parts of it either. It's it's pers- it's essentially the annihilation of a relationship the breakdown the forgiveness the betrayal after the forgiveness and then the final edge of like this is it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. this whole album is like a breakup album essentially you know what i mean and haji hits it on the money bro smooth 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 bro so smooth i want to spread it on bread and eat it i would spread his fucking cheeks dog what are you talking about and eat it and eat it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yo, this is my top track, actually. The what? way, the way, <laughs> yo, this, this oh, album's a ten. Come down to <laughs> just because of Haji feature, <laughs> bro. No, not even that. The like the way they harmonize in the beginning, yeah, um, it's so good. Like literally, the only thing I did not like about this this song was like the weird like childlike monotone sound. Thank you, thank that you. I have that in my notes. Yes. <laughs> like other than that, though, I can get past it. I can get past it. Cause Haji, I mean Haji Talk does about the intro. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a it's a fucking verse. It's a fucking cho- well, a chorus verse, whatever. It's her fucking singing for like in a childlike voice, uh, voice for like twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually her and Haji yeah. together, and it it sounds, it sounds it, like a fucking six year old. It sounds weird. Kid. It sounds it sounds a little weird, but the chorus was silent. Hyper pop, like, baby. Don't, oh, don't get the bring, fuck out of here! Don't bring that shit into you, <laughs> JK, JK. So, so the chorus when it's just Saya, uh-huh. like the way the way she harmonizes with the instruments and the beat is so nice, and then Haji just carries it out. It's this mm-hmm. song is the only thing yeah. I have a complaint about. On top of that, thank you for reminding me, is that it's not long enough. Like he went smooth, man. You killed it. I wish it was maybe like an extra like ten bars, dog. That's fair. You're, you guys are about to fucking torch me. Oh, my God. Let's just stop the podcast right now. <laughs> Please don't do this right now. What do we got? So many of the songs were too short. 52 minutes or whatever you said. I need an hour and a half, brother. Okay, like, yeah. That's unpopular. I fucking, yeah. This shit was pretty perfect. <laughs> I, I, a lot of the interludes are some of the best sounding sonically songs on the entire album i wish those were full songs you're telling me and, and some of the other songs could have been shortened you're telling me the three second song was a good song <laughs> her mother saying welcome to my world that shit was fire i hope they deep fried and add extra bass to it you what wanted you that to be longer make that shit into you a wanted TikTok her mom trend. to make a fucking monologue if she wanted to that's what it sounded like huh because it was like through a phone it was through a phone was it she, yeah so it, it i literally had. put the phone to her and said you know, do this for me because she had done so much for her mother. So, yeah. Oh, so it, it actually was through a phone. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure th- if what I read was correct, I'm pretty sure it was you were there. Phone. She put, I mean, <laughs> he was in the studio. I mean, you know, he 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 up like that, mom. You know I mean? yeah, he's yeah. the one that, that called the mom. <laughs> you called the mom. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. Isaac was the, <laughs> Isaac was the one on, uh, the 11 slash 19 interlude. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, she just came up with it now. It's all good. We'll call you. Which, by the way, what the fuck? I for send reason, the Addy. That was so <laughs> weird. And they that's had, her dad. That's her dad. So that was her dad. You're her dad. <laughs> and they damn chill, 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 hey, chill, chill. Hey, is chill, there chill. is there some uh, conspiracy going on? Why well, did you why did you pick this to review? Huh? Uh, is there some kind of uh, family ties with this? Collusion. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that one was such a trip. And I, you know, what's funny is like that 
that interlude has one of the most beautiful passages of music in the whole album with the saxophone thrown it in does, yeah, it around does. like the 30, 30 second mark. I'm going to challenge that. Uh-oh. Okay. When I, we get to it. When we get to oh, it. When we get to when it. When we okay. get to it, because this is beautiful. I, I loved it. This, this is beautiful. I loved it. The but, outro was a little iffy, uh, you know, Do we have any more beer? But that saxophone was amazing. I just popped the last one, brother, but do you want... Go grab a go grab a sat real quick. Cool. Well, I'm waiting for that challenge. Oh, you'll I, get I, it. Oh, I, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You'll get it. But, you know, the interludes, I, I, yes, I definitely disagree with you because I think the interludes are placed perfectly. I think if you were to stretch them out any more, they wouldn't serve their purpose. The purpose for them is to be short, you know, and to add, you know, if you go into the interlude 9 slash 19, which is just like purely ambient, you know, with like, by the way, I love that interlude because that fucking, it, it, she has the super sweet vocals in the beginning, and then it eventually, like, wish it was longer. No, because if it was longer, it wouldn't have worked. And then it eventually leads out into this beautiful piano playing, and then there's this weird, like, ringing phone in the background. It sounds like it's playing in an empty building. Like, I just feel like if anything like that was longer, it wouldn't hit the same. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? It's nice, too, because these interludes, I mean, they most definitely set you up for the next song. Especially with eleven nineteen being by her father, and then the song right after, mm-hmm. which I believe is uh, insufficient funds, mm-hmm. literally speaks about her father. So like that was nice to hear that, and especially like in like the tone and the, like the the instrument behind it that led into it, because like how we said in the beginning, because all these songs just blend really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool to see. Um, Nine nineteen, that one was a little weird for me. That one was a little so? weird. That one was a little weird for me. Um, the the that keyboard that keyboard was like a nice setup, and I thought we were gonna get more of that. And because we get we did get like the random like phone ring and everything, mm-hmm. and we didn't get that in the next track, which was too loud. So that was one of the ones where I was just kind of like, uh, I would have like, been alright. What right. is this segueing? To? Yeah, right. what is this going into? Because initially, after like I won't say it was like my second or third listen after these interludes. I was trying to think, is she breaking it down into like sections of the album? So like mm-hmm. we got like the 119, the 919, the 1119. And I'm like, no, not really. Like what? These are just interludes. Like they're literally just filler to reach her 19 track album mm-hmm. to serve its purpose. And that's why in the beginning I was like, I just didn't like how long it was. There was really like no need for it. Right. But again, I do agree with you guys on 1119. That song was great, but 919 was the one where I was like, why is this? Why is this uh, here? So why now, is this here? Okay. Why is this here? But I get it. It's an, it's an interlude. I don't hate it, but just I also don't love it. What you got? Why are you holding your chest? <laughs> I'm gripping my chest because I completely and utterly love this song. And I understand if you want, if you don't, feel that it fits the overall narrative and or flow of the album but oh my god this goddamn song this mother freaking heckin song bro i'm just i'm not even gonna speak off top i'm gonna read forbatim what i wrote because nothing will summarize it better I need these vocals to narrate my fucking life. I wish this is what the voice in my head sounded like. God is a woman and she has blessed us with the greatest 12 seconds of my life. This goes so well with the at- with the atmospheric keys. Sounds like what it would be 
if you were in a fucking quest and you had to go through a forbidden forest to save somebody because it's so haunting, foreboding with the crazy piano keys, but it's so soothing and melodic at the same time. It, it hits so many emotions. So it's so full of texture. It's so good. Like I fucking <laughs> love this song. I love it, and it's a minute long, bro. It's a minute long, and I and I'm gushing about it because the way her vocals sound, because the way that she teases us with those sort of production values. Like it, it's that's just what I'm so saying. You like good. it because it teases you. Yeah. So like, if you didn't have the tease, would you still like it? Mm, wait, say that like. Bro, I could listen to this song for a fucking an hour just on a loop of this one minute song. Yes, I would like a, this version extended to a thirty minute track if 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 she so chose. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a it's not about. I see what you're saying. You're saying you'd rather have something that's worth more. Something has more substance than diluted in that it's longer. Okay, essentially the more than less. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or less is more. Than yes. The- I need that shit in my fucking veins, dog. I'm addicted, dog. I can't. It's a taste and I need more, bro. Like, I get what you're saying, but I need more. Like, I don't know. I just wish it was longer. I have in all caps. I wish it was fucking longer. Like, so Isaac, like what you said, pretty much to give anyone who hasn't heard this album yet. She pretty much does that in almost every song where she does only sing for a few seconds she only has a couple lines and then she's like she's in she's out and then the album or the song carries on with whatever instruments going on whether it's silence where we got ambient we whether we got horns we got jazz in some songs jazz r&b r&b and so that's what's nice because i did appreciate that because she did like get to the point she got it out and then it was just like a jam sesh but again I still think that there were some songs where she did kind of overstretch it. But other than that, I mean, we got, we got good, you know, we got good instruments and I really appreciated that from it because it's just straight to the point in and out. That, I mean, again, I, I really can argue. I think I'm, I'm the outsider on this one. He makes a valid point though, to be honest. No, he, he does. He does. Cause he's saying, he's saying, why ruin a good thing? Why pour more sugar on something that's so sweet? I, I completely get that. I completely get that. As a matter of fact, I got a fucking sweet tooth, baby, because I fucking, I, I need, I need more. But it sounds like you have a crush, dog, bro. I mean, she, she's a very cool woman, so yeah, I, I fuck with her. But what I'm trying to say though is, you're completely valid in feeling like that because what she gives us is so perfectly, you know, packaged that like, why would you want to disrupt? the artist flow why would you want to ruin that and, yeah. and i completely get that i completely get that the reason why like i'm fucking riding so hard for that for that song in particular and it's an interlude at, at that is because for me those vocal harmonies and though because it's like a vocal harmony slash with a layer it's like her own vocals are harmonizing together and nothing on the album compares like that's like the high that's one of that's one of the highlights vocally for me those vocal harmonies slash layerings because they just they're just oozing absolutely dripping with heart with 
just so much energy. So, I don't know. It, there's something about it that just I I just feel it. it. It's just a visceral reaction. So for you, it's at that point where those vocals hit such a note where it makes the hair in the back of your neck stand up. That's exactly yeah. what it so, is. And then going into uh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. Um, and then going into that beautiful sprawling piano where you where you hear it, and it sounds like it's just like a fucking open field like just grandiose like something about the vocals mixed with everything is just top notch and that's why i write so hard for the interludes because the interludes always on this album always find a way to capture my intention in a way that is so addicting it really does leave me wanting more and you know, now the more that I think about it, maybe you guys are right. Maybe, maybe that's what she intended, and so that way, if they weren't, you know, in those, you know, bite-sized pieces, that they wouldn't sound the same. If they were full songs, then they would overstay their welcome, and then it would fuck up the flow of the album. But fuck, dude, I'm addicted, dog. I'm addicted. Give me that shit straight in my fucking veins. What were you gonna say? You literally well, sound like a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, this is. Oh, I just need a hit. Dude. <laughs> well, it was a tease, like Ruben said earlier. It's a fucking it's, it's tease, a tease. Bro. But I mean, I completely understand where you're getting at with that because I mean, that's how I felt with the chorus in the SHT on the track with Haji, because like I said, with the way she harmonized. So, I can com- I completely understand how. And so you know what. I know how you feel, so maybe if maybe if that interlude was more of a song like SHT, maybe I would have been more for it. But the fact that like she was like in and out and then it was just kinda like carried, maybe that's why I kinda care for it, even though I still appreciated the track. So maybe if it was its own song and it had more vocals maybe, then I would have been all for it. Because again, like the way you gravitated towards that song was literally the reason why SHT is my number one. It's because the way she harmonized and the way she came out swinging like that. It has the so, only feature on and it. And it has and the, the one and only feature, feature that isn't part of her fucking family. So. Bitch. Well, so don't get it twisted because I absolutely love this interlude too. I mean, you know, it could be top three for me. But no, to say that it's like, well, no, I shouldn't say that because that's going to discredit you. Or I'm going to sound like I'm discrediting you when I'm not trying to do. I disagree, though. I think there's two other instances on this album that have the best layered vocal harmonies. And they're going to be on the tracks um, Saving Grace. And it's going to be Seedless Fruits of My Labor. The layered, the layered vocal harmonies on those two are amazing. And I think if I had to pick between the two, I would probably pick Seedless Fruits of My Labor. Because they have such a nice, like lo-fi like static kind of quality to them you know and i mean if you guys are fine with going to this track real quick i think this is like the most emotionally devastating song on the whole album it's the most in my opinion it's the most heartfelt it's like the the vocal harmonies throughout the whole thing not just the layered vocals is amazing it's really quaint it's very very stripped back you know this is essentially an, (laughs) an acapella song almost um yeah, it, this song just does everything perfectly, you know. And and the way it's recorded, cause uh, there's like there's a verse in there where literally it's just like it's it's just like a group of guys singing like off a phone, right? Yeah. That, so this, I, this is the one, right? Yeah. So is it is that her just with vocal effects, or is that a group of people? Because it doesn't sound like her, but I could I can see how it would be her if vocal effects were added. I couldn't find anything. So did anybody? I mean, I I didn't either. Like it literally sounded like 
like two or more people like just seeing like little quartet or something yeah and, yeah. It, was, it, was, and it was very um you could tell it was like over like a like a voice recording mm-hmm. or like a phone yeah that's why i think it could have been a voice effect it's yeah. it's it's sung like a lullaby. It just sounds so heavenly. I mean, if she's literally like Isaac said, she's doing all these instruments herself, and with like as as experimental as you get. I mean, this far into the album, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that. Yeah, that is true. So no, I agree with you too. I mean, that's something I was gonna point out with what he said. Is like I wouldn't. I like the interlude, but I wouldn't agree with you saying that I was her best uh, vocal. I think on the last track and on this track too, it were like some of her high points because that last track is one of the uh tracks that where she really brings in a lot of i think pop uh uh, it's really poppy Mm -hmm. and on this track i i think is where she outshines with her vocals a lot more than a lot of the other tracks too i agree with ruben on this one hell yeah so it's funny that you say like the poppy sound because this woman sounds like a more i don't know how to say it she sounds like a better sounding olivia rodrigo don't say that because <laughs> I was going to compare oh. my final thoughts to uh, uh, a debut album. Like, I, I feel like Olivia Rodrigo did sour, like, perfectly compared to this one. This one's just, like, too long, man. It's, so I don't want to go into it. It's my final <laughs> thoughts, but I fucking hate that you brought up Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, no, so the sound. The sound, like. Foreshadowing. Because, yeah. I mean, she even has a song in here that she talks about being a pop artist. Mm-hmm. And so. I I mean there are some songs in here that you could definitely hear it like she's definitely she's a voice you can hear on the radio. A hundred percent, she's a voice that'll be successful in a fucking in, in in the pop scene for sure. Hell yeah! And one of the two songs that I brought up was Saving Grace, and I think Saving Oof. Grace is you know one one of the most poppy sounding songs. And again, I kind of did get Olivia Rodrigo vibes on it. I'm not sure if that's vibes from her specifically or if it's just pop vibes in general. Yeah, but um. To make a comparison, it's the whispering. To make a comparison, to make a comparison right now, it's the whispering vocals, bro. It is, it's and it's her, vocals. it's her delivery. It's just so bouncy and so, and then yet she's still able to add like a cool little like disjointed ambient twist to the song in general. Man, Saving Grace is dope. I'd, I'd but, give her more James Blake but, than Olivia Rodrigo. Nah, James Blake, yeah. I was singing Olivia Rodrigo all production the time. Production-wise, production-wise. Production-wise, yes. I could see that 100% production-wise. But, like, Vocal even James wise, Blake though, had, like, that real, like, like this is going to sound weird, but, like, whenever James Blake would sing a song that was, like, super, like, sentimental, I feel like I could, like, feel this full fucking, like, speaking. Like, it was, like, palpable. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of her songs are very palpable. I, I don't know if that. you agree, but... But I disagree with you. This was the most popular song. I think the last track, literally, if there was no seed in the sky, it was the most popular track on the album. Really, hundred oh, percent. Crazy boy, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, other tracks like Go this off. song literally like had her like hitting like those fucking uh, on time like metronomes like beats per minute, bro, or beats per second. Like mm-hmm. it was really poppy, and she was like getting into it. I don't know what yeah. what, what other track was like that. I, I think. Like, uh, well, I think Saving Grace was. But I don't think so. So what's interesting about there's there's if there's a scene in the sky, which is that last track you're talking about, it's weird. It has this like really big build up to what you think is going to be like this huge crescendo of music, you know, and and like you can hear the drums kind of like there's a small little drum fill right before that chorus is. But then it just like it doesn't sound hollow, but it doesn't sound as like powerful or like the bass isn't as in your face as you would think it'd be. Um, that's why I kind of think it doesn't belong in the pop category because i don't think it 
you know delivers on that front but as far as the structure and shit yeah yeah i could see where you're coming from you're crazy i think it's <laughs> oh, one of the best songs off the album oh no i, I think oh so no too, yeah but... no it's a great song but as far as like pop like pop sound i think it's the best pop song off the album Ooh. Oh, all right, never mind. I got, I, I do, I do have to agree with Ruben. I mean, the uh, you guys are opinions are invalid. Shut up. I'm just joking, chill. I'm just joking. Relax. That, that fourth track and fifth track. So saving grace being the fourth track and wish you pick me being the fifth track. I think those two were like perfect, um, back to back. Because oh, okay. I feel like those two were the most poppiest songs, and that's definitely Ooh, where like what I was heard the second that. one you said. It's the track right after Saving Grace, Wish You Pick Me. I mean, you are the pop king, technically, so Whoa. pop punk. Like, come on. You got to give credit. King, our resident uh, expert. Give, uh, credit Word. king. <laughs> he is the pop punk king in our group. So. Thank you, baby. No, those definitely those songs, like, that's, like, just listening to them, that's when I was like, yo, this sounds like Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. So I went Definitely actually, Wish You Pick Me. Yeah. De- Definitely, because you get like that, like static, like fuzz guitar, bass, oh. whatever, like, zzz, and then it like gets into it, and it's like, oh, okay, and then the lyrics and stuff are like super, you know, quote unquote relatable, and like, yeah. I, I could see how that could be more appealing to like a wider audience. So I could, I could totally see why you. Oh yeah, and the way that. she paired them back to back was like, it's perfect. yeah, yeah, you know, oh, she did then, that on purpose. I'm, I'm telling you, the fucking track placement, bro. Yeah, but one the, of the best on out of anything we reviewed. Like, yeah, but the length of it, one of the worst that we reviewed. <laughs> I'm gonna nice. eat your ass if you say anything Sick. about that again. So I do have a counter to that. This well, a is to, what, to what you said as far as track placement. Okay. Because okay. this is probably my only negative, which it's really not even a negative per se, because you know. It's not inherently bad. It's not completely bad. But I do think this album does hit a little bit of like a slog. A lull. A lull, lull, yes. I think it lulls for track 12 and 13 for insufficient funds and then going into sadness residue. Like I, I I just wasn't feeling those two songs back to back. I think those songs could have benefited with some type of interlude in between or maybe just getting rid of one of them. But I felt like... I feel like it's slowed down just and again, it's only two songs and they're, One of they're actually well, uh, kind of, I guess. Well, it's 50 seconds. Is it? Which yes, one? Uh, insufficient funds. That's only 50 seconds. Yes, sir. Wow. OK, well, I guess it's not a good interlude then because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I should. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say it's not a good interlude, but. I, I just think those two songs didn't work, you know, in harmony. So the good thing about the reason why I think those two interludes that we talked about previously, you know, 9 slash 19 and 11 slash 19 is because they did something so different leading into the songs that that it's sandwiched in between. You know, it changed up the flow and it gave you like like we were saying, they're so short. They left they left you wanting more, you know, and they gave you these different kind of elements Th- like that one didn't lead at all into uh I could see, uh, I could see, see that. It's like a warning if you think about it. It's like a warning of what you're about to get led into. But on this uh, interlude, it's kind of just cold turkey you into an, a different song or into a different element. Right, right. See, may, see, I guess that kind of well, I mean, it proves my own point. The way I think about it is, I didn't uh, even know the I first song it. was interlude. These two it. sound, these two sound pretty much the same, and I'm just like, 
you know, it's, it hit a little bit of a snag right there. How dare you? Sadness Residue is one of the best songs on this album. Oh, shit. And I will fight you with that song playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, 11 and 12. So, track 11 being 11.19 and track 12 being the insufficient funds. They already, you know, they're already pretty much, they go hand in hand with each other. So, they could have just been one song. Boom, done. Mm-hmm. And so, that and then just let Sadness Residue just be its own thing. Track 11 would have been the 11.19 and insufficient funds. They would have played perfectly together and just, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But then she wouldn't have had her 19 masters. Yeah, she wouldn't have. So So we probably would have gotten another. <laughs> we, I, I think I think I would have been happy with an 18 masters, but. <laughs> fucking 11 masters, dog. Damn. <laughs> I felt like a fucking Sia Gray fucking shill, bro. Because you are. Because I'm about to fucking justify this shit. <laughs> So Ooh. insufficient funds like that piano off the top was so fucking out of this world. Like it's it's it doesn't sound like any other type of piano that is on the album because it's not so, a piano. It's an oh. organ. Oh, keys. The keys. Checkmate. The keys. You sigh a grace simp. You didn't <laughs> know that. Oh, my God. Burr, burr. <laughs> you ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean, bro? No. What are the pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean? <laughs> what? When uh, the Flying Dutchman is playing the organ, that's really. <laughs> oh, and he playing that shit with his beard. His oh yeah, exactly. Beard shit. So that's what really got me into like the noise of the organ. Was like, yo, what the fuck is this evil <laughs> ass shit? So I know an organ when I could fucking when I hear one. It's an organ. Okay, my bad. Organ, whatever. <laughs> well, you not might... even whatever. Not even whatever. You're completely right. And no, you bad. might be right. Maybe piano on organ keys. <laughs> no, oh my forget God. it. I... We just roasted this man for just thinking it was. No, it's definitely an organ. He's definitely right. It's definitely an organ. But I don't know. I don't think it overstates its welcome. And I think it introduces enough unique sounds that when it moves on to the next track, I don't I think more of what Keenan said, I think I think it's more uh eleven nineteen and insufficient funds more than insufficient funds and sad sadness residue Mm. i I don't i think you're pairing the wrong song i mean what do i know you know i don't know how she meant it you know to be conceived Mm. but in my opinion i think i think those two songs fit better than those two songs so then when you have the breakdown of it all like I, i i don't think they were meant to be matched together and i don't think they were meant to like flow off of one another i think it was just one track and then another track you well, that what that's what I'm saying. That that they don't flow like period or whatever, and that it like ruins like the flow of the album. Pretty much, yeah. I'm not saying that they were meant to be paired in any certain way. I'm just saying those two back to back wasn't as far as a track placement. They were off putting. Yeah, not not. I guess you could use off putting, but it's more so just like I said. It just hits kind of a little bit of a snag in the flow of the album. It's disjointed. You you would say. No, because the whole album is just jointed and it's done it great. So I don't, I don't think disjointedness is an issue at all. I okay. think the issue is just these two songs put back to back, whether they were meant to be back to back or not, or you know if there was a specific purpose, you know that remains to be seen or whatever. Just having them back to back just didn't, you know, it, it. Like I said, it just came down to a lull. It, it was nothing was really happening for me between those two. So the, the fact that we have to nitpick at this. Bro. Yeah, I point right. exactly, bro. <laughs> Dude, this like literally we're like 
were like arguing over just because it didn't flow into the next track, even though we like stated in the beginning that that's what we like appreciated about this album. Yeah, and then we love crazy. the tracks, even though they we don't still flow love with each other. Track. Like, yeah, yeah, the track is still really fucking good. Like, but... I hope that shows that like how much we truly like really enjoyed this album. Yeah. Um, but that all being said, can I hit you with my challenge? Let's hear. It. Yeah, because it's been on my mind. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me hit guess. Me. What do you got? Uh, cervical Cedric. It's either Cervical Cedric or Little Palm. Final answer? Yes. Wrong. What? So, bro, in Empathy for Bethany. He caught you. Bro. In, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was onto something. Fuck. In Empathy for Bethany, uh-huh. that whole jazz, that whole jazz section right there, that section right there is the best piece of music on this album. So that Agreed. was yeah. that was my challenge to you because you picked the interlude and although it was beautiful just like every other fucking song on this album mm-hmm. I just think that jazz that entire jazz section in Empathy for Bethany was the best that was the best instruments we got okay on this album it was definitely I, a memorable part off the album for sure it really was it, it was a nice change of pace in what it was it's like the fifth track it was unexpected so for me actually it was super unexpected hell yeah it was extremely unexpected for me cause like we've been getting all this random stuff and at this point because this this is uh this is track six and so up until then all we've been getting is what a few horns and mostly just the guitar right oh you get a little a little bit of extra stuff but nothing that catches your attention like this nothing like this i mean on this we got full straight up horns we got sax we got Mm -hmm. everything and it took me by surprise and this was this was the song that i didn't let finish because i just kept i just kept i would even say it's a little bit of a change of pace to be honest oh yeah yeah yeah. It's definitely the first time that the album introduces such heavy like jazz vibes. Mm-hmm. And one of only like one of two. Yeah, one of yeah, only one of two that. examples that it really does. Cuz even but, on the second example, but in in a more forward-facing way. Right. Like, like of course, okay, yes, there's not a lot of you could tell actual well, you, sax on there. You could tell it was like straight to your face like you're yeah, intended yeah. to hear it for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's like e- even the essence of jazz was like all over this even if there wasn't jazz instruments okay but this is the first instance of jazz mixed with her interpretation of it Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna give you my unpopular opinion oh here we go if you hate this song i'm walking out right now yeah that's my least favorite song and that section saved the song for me that's crazy i don't i don't the hook does nothing for me honestly uh, i can't get with that uh the, the the verses are okay the you know the structure is cool. I have a lot dude. of not favorite songs on here, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you, brother. Okay, so do you agree with me on this one? Yeah, it's one of my least favorite songs. My G, hell yeah. Because I didn't write notes on my least favorite songs. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Damn. if if it wasn't for that jazz, or if it wasn't for that big saxophone section, I probably wouldn't like this song that much. Damn. It makes it. Uh, it's it's hard because I can't really say that it's a bad song because I can listen to it. So I guess least favorite in the scope of how good this album is doesn't mean a whole lot, you know? Yeah, sorry, Keenan. How dare you? Sorry, guys. How dare you? What I, do you mean? I, I agree with you. No, I know. Okay, so sorry, uh, you two. 
Don't Isaac bundle me up with these Neanderthals, man. Yeah, we're oh. we're together. And earlier you're talking about heartfelt. This song is so heartfelt. Oh. <sighs> wait, wait. Just wait until you hear my explanation about the album, okay? Ooh. Ooh. Dog shit, all of it's trash. Put on Tsunami, bitch. <laughs> Might as well wrap up the podcast, baby. Let's go. Yeah, that's it right there. Bro. Yeah. I'm just joking. Empathy for Bethany. Love that song. You already know. But these lyrics, though. the More so just the topic of the album in general. Fucking gut-wrenching heartbreak. The the feeling that Sai gets when it comes to her... I guess abandonment issues or, you know, the, the way she feels because she's always moving, you know, somewhere and she can never, you know, stay rooted in another place because she's always, you know, on the foot, the depression that comes with life, the depression that comes with fame. You know what I mean? I, I really, really, really like this album because of that, because everything that she talked about felt so genuine, so raw and so real. Like, even though the way that she said it, Sometimes I'm not gonna lie, went over my head. It may have been a little too poetic, and well, it's you know very that's cryptic. Very, very cryptic. But a lot of it was just straightforward to the gut, like just heartbreaking, fucking heartbreaking. And the way that she navigates those emotions through the album is so beautiful because of the way she ends the album. If there's no seat in the sky, I love those lyrics. That's the ending of the album, right? And you're like, well, why would she put a fucking single as the end of her album? Well, when you look at the lyrics, it makes so much sense. In that song, she's saying, fuck it. That's it. That's it. This is this is it. This is all we're getting. No more chances. That's it. And now she could be saying that, you know, metaphorically for, you know, a relationship. She could be saying that for herself. You know, that's it. I'm going to. You know, stay somewhere, you know, it, it could it can mean a myriad of things. But the fact that all of the album is talking about one thing and this the last track on it is saying, that's it. We're done. I fucking love that. I thought that was so poetic. I thought that was a perfect way to close the album lyrically going back to that raw sound. So the strings, like I was saying at the beginning of the album, the strings had such a raw emotional sounds on some of these tracks. And I think she brought back that rawness for the final track that I fucking loved. The chorus is so good. I can feel how fucking fed up she is and how it's essentially a mirroring effect like this is the last time and how that's the final straw in this relationship that she's been discussing on the entire album and, and, and it's essentially the ending of a heartbreak for the greater context this album is called 19 masters she chose 19 for a reason one nine one being the beginning of a process nine being the end of a process nine is the last you know sing single number digit you know what i mean it's it's the end of a cycle it's the end of an era and i think that this album that this song is a perfect way to end that era uh i have a hot take i feel like these lyrics are kind of whack (laughs) 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 why i just dude i'm like out of breath from like saying all that shit and you're just like yeah he's like yeah whatever it's just fucking mid bro that's just my opinion man no they're not okay yes they're mid i feel like we've yes they are okay well fuck i feel like i disagree with ruben like they're not cryptic at all they're just like whack like i feel like we reviewed enough albums where like we've had like olivia rodrigo james blake answer from up there uh 
other artists that have been able to really uh, touch someone's emotion when it comes to fucking a heartbreak and actually make them feel really good emotions. I get the, not to go too much into detail, but you no, know, like you guys know my situation and I didn't feel like any type of sadness going listening to these lyrics at all. But when I was listening to James Blake, that was that's different. different though. That's different. that's not different. We're talking about lyrics, like the <laughs> shit he was saying. That's like, different. yo, dude, like, yo, yo, dog, like, yo, I'm about to do some shit. I'm about to regret right now. Like, yo, <laughs> like his shit, like was gra- Like when I was listening to his lyrics, dude, like, they're grabbing me. Uh, and this one, uh, 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 uh. yeah, they're right. Episode. They're like no- nothing too good. Yeah. So. You know what I mean? And that's not... I know you just went on a tangent and I respect that and I respect your opinion and stuff like that. But I'm, the, the lyrics on every song pretty much fell short for me. Damn. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And I get that because at, at the end of the day, she's putting out this for her. You know, she's getting this off of her chest. You know, this is this is me. I'm the one touring. I'm the one traveling. I'm the one finding love in all these different oh, places. Oh, mad respect. Yeah, I'm the respect. one that can't, yeah. get, it can't get hooked. And I get that. That's not relatable at all. But at the same time, like what she's going through, like I still feel for her, and especially like with the way she delivers it, with this soft tone, with these soft instruments, and you know all the beautiful um, harmonies and everything. That's why, you know, it's just sad, and I feel for her. But again, I still don't relate to her. But it's it's sad. It's still it's still sad because I again I feel for her. Mm-hmm. I. Uh... I mean, I agree with you. I, I think lyrically, it's a very good way to wrap up the album. Um, now, I don't agree that you should release the last track as a single because even if it does do its job at wrapping up the album nicely, I feel like that's the whole point of an album is to lead you up to this big grand finale, you know? So when you release the last track as a single, you know, while it's a single, you may not realize what the con- what the concept of the album as a whole is going to be. But when the album comes out and then you realize that you've ran this single to the ground already and you understand what it is, it just loses that, like, excitement. You know what I mean? It's like... The oomph. Yeah, yeah. I-, I think if we were to be, you know, if we were to be led through this whole album and not know what the last track was going to give us, it probably would have ended on a much higher note for me. Again, not to say it's a bad track, but... The fact that it was released as a single and we had already listened to it for the past couple months, you know, it just lost that excitement. You so, know? so to say something, I didn't listen to any of the singles. So this track was the big. <laughs> so it still finale. didn't. And I know it was. It was a good. I thought this was a perfect last track. Okay. Yeah, I thought this was a perfect last track. I thought this oh, was okay. an awesome last track. Yeah. So maybe I didn't listen to the single. Yeah, if you listen to the single, and I can see your perspective, but yeah. I didn't listen to any of the singles here, so this was the big grand finale, and I thought it was a fucking amazing mm-hmm. uh, last track. I think it couldn't have ended in a better way, honestly. Yeah. I agree. I'm literally in the same exact boat. Like, I didn't even know this was one of the singles. Like, I just dove into the album, mm-hmm. and so, like Marco said, like, and even what Isaac said, like, it was like a perfect rap mm-hmm. to everything that she talked about. Yeah. Not knowing it being a single. Mm-hmm. I only know because this fool fucking recommended it on one of the podcast. So I went and listened to it. And we're shit friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're shit friends. Jeez. Ooh, you guys didn't listen to it? What the fuck? actually Damn, sad I... because I added it on the spot when he told me <laughs> oh. to. I even showed him. We even Damn. Yeah. Sorry. So It'd be like that sometimes. So I do have two tracks that I do want to bring up as far as lyrical themes go. I already brought up one, which was the uh, Sealess Fruits of My Labor. Um, I, I brought it up. I said it's like the most lyrical, impactful one. Uh, I'll explain why. 
But the other one is Pap Test, starting with Seedless Fruits of My Labor. Like, this song is just such a cool, like, I, I love the way she describes this, you know, failing relationship, but then also, like, trying to build from it and also, like, overcome it. And overcome it, not only, you know, um, uh, overcome it, you know, especially within yourself, you know, recognizing that you yourself have flaws and, you know, you know, coming to the, to the realization that yesterday I wasn't good. Tomorrow I'll be better. Today is about to finish. Tomorrow I'll come correct. I really like that. Um, and then here in the, I guess what is essentially the verse, I, I don't know what this would re really be considered, but um, she has this really cool like metaphor of like the seasons changing and how that like relates to her relationship these new uh the, these new seasons bring in these new feelings and these new energies so i just thought that that was really cool um that's I, pretty cool actually yeah yeah it was dope man i i love this track i sound wise lyrical wise i i love it um now i i think the one that's really the most in your face you know the one that is very very you know just lays it all out on the line is again pap test i mean she has right here uh right here in the pre-course and i'm glad such a beautiful song was made for my pain I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, how much more you know That's evident could it be? That's yeah, it's meta. meta. Yeah, she's breaking the fourth wall with this shit. Like, and Pap Test is a really gorgeous song too. And I this really is like the song that. that put me on her. Yeah, so this is the colors one, right? That this you. This is the colors one. Yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion. I think I prefer the studio version over the colors, which is kind of rare because I usually do prefer colors performances over studio. Uh, but no, I, I think this one in the studio just sounded so much better. But uh, yeah. Again, uh song about heartbreak but you know using the song as like a cathartic type of release you know of the pain that she went through i completely agree i, I literally have in my notes a song expressing yourself and getting your feelings and past heartaches out through music in a healing way and that's literally what you just said you know what i mean and that's how she comes across and the fact that we get that so simply and so perfectly and concisely just shows her her ability to convey her emotions in a very digestible way oh yeah and then um was this song a reference to one of the earlier songs because uh in like one of the earlier songs when she's talking about um i need to buy double of everything um i can't think of the track title off the top of my head oh that one's sympathy for bethany was that one yeah so it, it reminded me of it because right here it's like in the chorus like you said uh, what we have won't be here for long before we know it. What we know will be long gone. Because mm -hmm. it's like she's afraid to make that commitment. Because that's why, like, especially like in the Bethany, I'm going to buy two of everything because you could just have it because I'm going to leave. So therefore, I could just have it over here as my own. And so it was pretty cool to like, kind of like see that. It's probably not even related in any way, but it was, <laughs> I made that relation. If right. it is, if it's there, cool. If not, the song was still beautiful either either way. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think it's a stretch. I mean, I think the whole album definitely has well, that yeah. like one overarching thing. So, yeah. you know, even though they're on two separate ends of the track list, oh, I, yeah. I could definitely see. So um, if you guys don't mind, I want to go into two tracks that I actually think fit opposed to what I was saying earlier as far as um, insufficient funds and sadness residue, how I wasn't crazy about those two being back-to-back. -back. I want to talk about two songs that I think were perfect back-to-back. Um, sound wise, but since we're on the theme of lyrics, lyric wise, most definitely, uh, the second track found a floorboard under the soil. And then the third track cervical Ooh. Cedric, um, hundred percent. Yeah. They're, yeah. They literally could be one long song. They really could be. And it's like, 
You know, found a floorboard under the soil is actually, th this is a really good, it's essentially the first track of the whole album because the first track, like we said, is literally just a three second interlude of her mom talking. It's her mom in Japanese saying, welcome to my world. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, really is, is a great intro to the album. Um, so found a floorboard under the soil, like I think sound wise is actually like a pretty, pretty good um, it, it sets the it sets the tone very well for the album because it kind of other than maybe the saxophone it incorporates pretty much everything you're gonna get. Um, Completely agree. But since we're on the uh, topic of lyrics, um, I love that it ends with the lyrics. Um, you said you could handle me, and then going into the third track, Cervical Ooh. Cedric, which is essentially like another interlude. But her vocals, this is another one where her vocals have this crazy like layered but weird distorted vocal effect added and she's not willing it in the sense that you know she's blowing out her vocal cords or she's you right. know projecting her voice but you can hear like the you can hear the pain and the hurt in her voice as she's singing in the lyrics i know you said you could handle my love and then repeats my love my love that's all it is Oof. but man i think this those two together was executed perfectly no, I completely, I fucking completely agree. I completely agree. Because I know you said lyrically, but even sonically, like, the first 30 seconds in, and I'm already hooked with the beautiful start of the acoustic strings that melt into, like, that twinkling sort of, like, strings. Mm -hmm. The reverb and the slight, like, electric rumbling of a guitar. Like, it's so fucking perfect. You know what I mean? And it, like you said earlier as well, like, it, it really is setting the palette off for such a strong start, but without making it so oblivious to what you are going to enjoy the entire way. Like, right. like in my opinion, it, it does it in such a way that is wholly its own. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And the different vocals throughout the entire song could be like an interpretation of like the voices that you hear in your head. You know what I mean? Like, cause how it's like, you know, she's singing one thing and then like in parentheses, you know, when you look at the lyrics, it's like saying something else. You right. Know? That, that could be like a metaphor for like your own like inner monologue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, I need to leave him before he leaves me. You said you can handle me, you know, whatever. And then the next song, it strips all that shit back. It strips the strings all the way back. And, and it's just that acoustic guitar. And it's just that hazy, Ooh. just mm -hmm. rawness of the guitar. And, and it just really shows their emotion and they like, and the lyrical themes fit like tremendously as well. You know what I mean? Like that feeling betrayed and lied to about something so powerful as the love you feel for somebody, but also it's in its purest form yet the other person not being able to handle it or lying that they can. And then being, you know, uh, kind of like a, like, like a knife in the back. You know what I mean? Right. Saying, yeah, I can handle your love lying about it and then when that person pours it out they they feel tricked or you know mm. bewitched definitely and then yeah and then like i said the vocal performance on that third track definitely solidifies that because it just sounds so desperate you know it sounds like you said it sounds very betrayed yeah uh, um so i feel like those two are perfect like back to back and you definitely because it is it is opening it is opening of the album that's when you definitely really get to hear her sound especially with the whole guitar especially the guitar and you you get a lot of that glitch mm -hmm. um and it really just sets you up for basically the entire album 
because like how we've been talking about you you get that theme and you know right there on that second track that's when it's like i'm looking for this person i don't want him to leave me and then in the third one and so on it's just like he's gone that being said um we haven't talked about this one yet but uh what do you guys think of um i guess this one would be more sound instead of um lyrical um little palm and seedless fruits because i know we talked about seedless fruits but like little palm with that acoustic perfectly segueing into seedless fruits with that soft guitar sound yeah i fuck with that twang i fuck with the twang yeah yeah this is the twang that i was talking about in the beginning um this is really a perfect precursor to the last track. You know, this was basically, to me at least, th- this was the track that really set up the whole like, all right, it's over. You know, we're done. Because of the lyrics like, don't call, don't come around, you know. Which is the whole song. It's, which is the, yeah. the whole song. But, oh, my God. This is another instance of two tracks playing perfectly back to back. Like you said, Little Palm and uh, Seedless Roots My Labor. This song, this was how you were with Sympathy for Bethany. You yeah. couldn't get past it. That's how that's one. how Little Palm was for me. Ooh. I could not stop yes. replaying this song. And I just love that the entire song is just like, fuck you. You're not going to disturb my peace. Like, I'm going to own my shit and you're not going to ruin that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I love that. I, I love how she words it in such a matter of fact way. Yeah. But isn't like quote unquote a bitch or whatever like she's just no fuck you yeah it's not bitter yeah or it's, it's it, bitter there you go it's not bitter it's just fuck you it's like, matter of fact that's matter it. of yeah. fact it is. don't that. don't call me that's it <laughs> but the way the way she delivered it like i said in the beginning like a lot of these songs she's in and out this song she was in and out she did what she had to do it was beautiful the instruments behind her the production of this song was perfect boom done Two minutes and twenty six seconds out of there. Uh, Green Apple was a really good song for me. I I love Green Apple. I love the sound of it. It has this very, like, this one sounds very uh like broken, and this one sounds very like um like, like what would be what would be another word for broken? Like defeated. This song sounds very defeated, but the lyrics kind of threw me off for loop. So I want to ask you guys. She she ends her verse by saying. I'm holding cavities in between my cheeks, which is fire. But then she has the final line while you try to spit the green from your teeth onto me. I took the green as envy or like jealousy. Right. But then I was also reading it could have been money. Like what do you guys? Well, money falls into with envy and, you know. Uh, and greed. And greed, yeah. So it could just be like hand in hand, essentially. I mean, technically it is hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I guess there isn't a distinction. It's just both. It is. Yeah. So yeah, the green is. apple is just a herring, a red herring. It's like not as sweet. Like it's used as a metaphor, as like yeah. something that's like. <sighs> See, this is this is my thought process. Every time I listen to this shit, I was like, wait, okay, the green apple means okay, it's sweet. They have a lot of sugar, cavities. Okay, she's hiding cavities. The green apples okay. retard. Well, yeah, but they have a lot of sugar in them. I like grandma's apples. Those are like the yeah. Or the golden, the reddish golden one, right? Oh, these are the green ones. No, the Granny Smiths are the green. Oh, Granny Smiths. Granny Smiths, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the Granny Smiths, though. Yeah, like, how how did you guys take that? Because I I was, I mean, I guess you know. I took it as money. So you thought it was a green thing? Fucking artist, or artist, not artist, (laughs) artist. Yeah, I don't know because she said, "I hold the cavities between my teeth" or whatever, and then she says, "While you spit the green." 
while you, speak you the green to spit onto the me. green from your teeth onto me. So I took it as like, yeah, I got my own fucked up issues. You know, I, I, I've indulged in my own sweetness and, I, and I've, you know, felt the pain that, of my actions. But now you're trying to put, so what is green in your teeth, right? Green in your teeth could be, you know, just something stuck in your teeth all the way to, you know, your teeth rotting themselves. You know what I mean? So you're, I'm trying to work on my own shit and you're trying to put your shit onto me. Which would flow more into the relationship vibes of the other lyrics, which would be, you know, her battle or not battle, but her just relationship with this other person, you know, like, like I, I essentially took it as like this projection. person trying to put, trying to throw their insecurities onto me when I'm already dealing with my own shit. The fuck out of here. Uh, okay. I think I took the green a little bit too literal then because, well, I mean, because green, like, because like you said, like. Green could, you know, us, um, cause it could symbolize insecurity and it could symbolize that envy. So it's right. like, I, I recognize that I myself am envious and very jealous. So I'm working on it, but, and they're trying to put that on you. You know what I mean? You, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're projecting your, your insecurities onto me. Yeah. Essentially. We figured it out. Sick. Bang. Never mind. Let's move on. I'm just kidding. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Go ahead. No, this this song this song went right over my head. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on here, and so um, when I looked it up, I, I I read the money aspect of it, and I mean, I guess I could see that, but literally, like with the way Isaac just put it, like I could also see that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into it on my own, like I had I had no idea what was going on here. Yeah. I was I was too busy listening to that glitch. <laughs> bro that glitch at the end of this song was hard yeah but the sound of this was nice yeah no but yeah to be honest no this one went right over my head yeah okay so the other one i wanted to bring up Ooh, that i got this oh shit okay me, me and keenan big game planning about this we've been talking about this 2019 was an empty carb help me isaac <laughs> yo. please oh i thought you had yo. it fuck Oh no! Like I knew where you were going with this. Oh, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, okay. This song, this song just went right over my head. Really, bro? What's going on in here? Hitting, hitting me with fines and legal fees and virginities. Where were you when I needed you the most? Don't get it twisted. Yeah, you jumped the gun again. All you do is boomerang. But then, so that obviously has relationship, you know, ties. But well, I, I don't understand the hurt for my family part. I don't understand, like, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of shit in here. Just another <laughs> bag of penny worth your virginity. I'm not a liar. Hit me later with your legal fees. Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand how this ties into it. Isaac, explain this. Uh, Well, I don't have the answers, but <laughs> I have my own opinions. And well, they're very can... valid. So I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. You just so... convinced me on green apple. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, that song's about Granny Smith apples, dog. <laughs> pretty much, the way I took it is pretty much calling out your ex on their bullshit, saying, "Well, what are you even doing here? I'm not gonna fight for you. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm only the only energy that I'm gonna put in that sort of thing is for my family. I like I'm the only fighting I'm gonna do is for my family. So you ain't even gonna get my that energy. I'm not gonna fight for you. I'm not gonna fight with you." You know what I mean? Only trying to trying to get back with you when it's convenient for them. But when you need them the most, they vanished. That's how I took it. 
You know what I mean? The whole legal fees and stuff like that, that's a little bit harder. You know, that that could be a whole thing of, like, uh, her relationship with, like, a record label or something. Like, her not releasing enough music or something. And, mm-hmm. and they could be like, well, you know, you got to be... You gotta be more productive and blah 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 and like no, I'm not gonna fight. I'm like I'm I'm gonna do my own thing, you know. But I took it as more of a relationship of like I'm not gonna give you my energy and I'm not gonna fight you. Like the only thing I fight for is my bed and my mama, I'm sorry. Nice. When you said uh when they need you the most Oh, uh, shout out to Avatar: The Last yeah. Airbender. Is that what you were gonna say? Of, yeah, Jesus, yes, sir. That's why I laughed. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant too, uh, but I didn't want to, you know. I should have said it. Well, I think that about does it. Let's wrap this baby up. I think we've <laughs> talked enough, been long-winded enough, and and hopefully, what we said is kind of piqued your interest into this album because I I truly do believe that this is an album worth uh, checking out, but. Let, let's just give our final thoughts, top three tracks, and final review. Uh, I'll, I'll just go first real quick. And, again, I'm just going to read what I wrote. It, it'll just be easier than, you know, saying anything because... Do it up, baby. It, it's... Oh, this album. Okay. What more can I say about this album that hasn't already been gushed about? A truly remarkable piece of work that I really, really, really hope gets the recognition it deserves. Sai gives us a concoction of different sounds and emotions while still relating all of them together in a masterful way harmonious and relating and yet also visceral and somber a hazy feeling throughout that can only be likened to a fairy tale or a dream sweeping me off my feet and transporting me to a place that i didn't know i needed 19 masters a a debut album that will stay with me forever thank you saya I love this album so fucking much. This album's great. Fucking love this shit. And I hope everybody listens to it. Uh, my top three tracks are Saving Grace, If There's No Sea in the Sky, and I kind of want to just wrap all of the interludes all in one and have that be my you know third track, quote unquote. But if you don't want to do that, then 9 out of 19, that would be my final track. And my final score would be 9 out of 10. All right, so... After the first listen, I didn't really vibe with this. <laughs> I mean, I guess not even after. During the first listen, I was like, what's going on here? I mean, it, it's just because I just threw it on. I stayed busy, and it was just kind of weird. I was like, this would be an Isaac. This is an Isaac album. This is not what Isaac would pick. But after, after the second full listen, I did not expect to love it as much as I did. Especially after, you know, especially after that second listen. This album is so good. From the soft tone of her voice to the warm sounds of the guitar, this album delivered on almost every aspect for me. The only thing that I didn't like were those songs that were stretched out. This album is very long. Again, with the whole track, the whole, the the track listing, I get. The 19 tracks, I get. She had a plan. She delivered on that. But the length of this album, she stretched out a song to seven minutes. That's crazy. Easily could have just been a three and a half, four minute song. You know, other than that, there was also some stuff that were very short that probably shouldn't even have been in the album. But I get it. She she had a goal. She she hit it. My top tracks were SHT, Silent Hot Tears, Sen Hot Tempura, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
<laughs> Wish You Pick Me and Little Palm. Oh. Honorable mentions having to be Empathy for Bethany because of that jazz. That jazz is just, it's too, it's too nice. And Sadness Residue. Final score, 9 out of 10. Woo! Um, so my review for this album is that I respect the creative direction of this whole album, especially because it's her debut album. Respect the fact that uh, she gave us a 19-track debut album. Holy shit, the balls on her. <laughs> for real? <laughs> to say the God least. damn, yeah. Uh, I think it's a great direction. Not really my cup of tea at all, based off the foundation of the whole album, the sound engineering and the production of it. Not my cup of tea at all. But overall, a really solid piece of work, honestly. Lyric-wise, I think it felt short for me. Uh, the lyrics just didn't stick with me. I think majority of the lyrics, I, I would say 80% of them were kind of flat to me, personally. Um, but her vocals, say less. They're fucking amazing. I can't wait to see where she, where she uh, goes, but it's just not something that I'm going to be able to put on repeat for a long time. So uh, my top three tracks off the album are um, If There's No Skin in the Sky is one. Second one is Bleach is On My Thesis. And third one is uh, SHT because of Haji, bro. Woo, boy, yeah. Haji. yeah, but I'll give this album an 8 out of 10. Oh, I was, oh, I was expecting it that high. Eight ten here. Oh shit! So whenever I listen to this album, I kind of picture myself in like a very, very cozy white marbled room that's like completely empty and like dimly lit. It's very cozy in a very weird, surreal, empty, desolate kind of way. If that even makes sense, it like again ties back with my whole thinking of it sounding like being half awake and half asleep. Um, Again, like I said earlier, I loved the foundation it was built upon. I loved that, you know, each track was able to, uh, you know, bring something new to the table. You know, each track essentially had its own personality. Um, some of the lyrics were definitely a little bit too cryptic for me. Um, not not that that's a bad thing. It was just a little bit hard to kind of understand what direction she was going in. But, you know, looking at it in the scope of the project, I think it is, you know, fair to say that everything does tie into, like, issues with the relationships. Um, but... You know, that does lead me to say that, you know, the the songs that did grab me lyrically were amazing. You know, I think she's proven herself to be a very good lyricist, a very good songwriter. Uh, shit, dude. Like Marco said, 19-track album off the rip. Fucking balls to do that. But to execute it very well is very, very impressive. Um, I don't know. This album just really resonated with me. Uh it's kind of hard to put into words, but it's definitely something that caught me by surprise in probably the best way possible. Um, top three tracks. Fuck, dude, it's hard. Even just looking at it now, it's hard. But I have to give honorable mentions to 9 slash 19. I absolutely love that interlude. Um, and then I'll also have to give a shout out to uh, SHT. Again, because that Haji be that Haji fucking feature was just Haji insane. should be number like, top three, dude. No. Just because of Haji, just because of Haji. I dude, honestly, might be one of his best verses ever. It's, it's man, it, it like not only the way he delivered it and his lyrics, but within the context of the work that he put it into. If that makes sense, like God, he just executed it so perfectly. Um, so yeah, 
I, I would say those are my honorable mentions, but the whole damn album is an honorable mention. So uh, top three tracks in order are going to be number three, Cervical Cedric. Uh, number two, Seedless Fruit to My Labor. And number one, Little Palm. And overall rating is going to be a nine out of ten. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here, folks. Listen to that shit. You got four homies saying that, that shit is fucking gas. Well, if you want to anyway. With that being said, this has been the Underground Treehouse Podcast. Thank you for listening as always. Please like, comment, and subscribe. If you have any ideas that we should uh, do in the future or anything that we can approve on, let us know. We fuck with you. And yeah, be good people. You took my, I think you took my starting job. Word. I've been moved to the bench. Yeah. Nah, nah. Me and you will work like you're the, you're the Jordan. I'm the Pippin. Whoo. No, you're the Jordan. I, you're you're the Carl Malone. I'm the John Stockton. Uh, I'm the I'm the John Jones. You're the Chuck Liddell. Uh, cut this. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> he's the, you're oh, the, and oh, and this podcast recording? now. You're, you're the John Jones. He's the Kimball Slice. <laughs> no, no, no! I'm Kimbo. Oh, Jones. I, I had my flash in the pan, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be Kimbo. I'll be Kimbo. Okay. Everybody, have a good night. What would Kimbo Slice do? Think about it. With that being said, good night. Bye. Bye. Yeah. That was terrible. That was terrible. I would